verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, Behold, now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and they came to the Jordan, and they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore he said, Take it up to thee, and put out his hand and took it. 2 Kings, chapter 6, verse 1 through 7. This is not a popular miracle. Modern man believes in miracles by men. In the mythology of science, I cited some of the miracles scientific man expects to perform. The abolition of death, the creation of a new sun when the old one dies, and so on. The humanist will not allow God the privilege of making an axe head to float. The school of prophets, i.e., the seminary for training the ministers and teachers of God's law had become too small for the students. The commons could no longer adequately hold the students, and some of the solution was necessary. A number of students therefore suggested a new location. The students lived in various dwellings in the area, and as 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1 makes clear, some were married. The existing common hall may have been a facility rented or loaned to them. There was now need for more room. A new location on the Jordan was suggested to Elisha, and he agreed. It was agreed that each student would cut down a log in order to have the material for the construction of a new building. There were, apparently, a considerable number of students. We are not given the specific location by our historian. The school may in time have become apostate, and hence its name is omitted. Elisha agreed to go with the students to the new location, even though it was perhaps a little distance from his home. Once there, the students began to cut down trees to build an instruction hall. In the course of work, one student's axe head came loose and fell into the river. An iron axe head was, for every student, a costly item. In this particular case, it was borrowed. The student thus was upset, and he cried out to Elisha. Elijah cut down a stick, threw it into the area where the axe head had fallen into deep waters, and the axe head floated to the top. The student then reached out and took the axe head. Now, such a thing falling into a running stream was easily lost. The sand, disturbed by the axe head, is moved by the currents and quickly covers any object. An axe head is lost, and said axe head is recovered. One commentator has seen this incident as simply designed to show the supernatural power and miracles associated with Elijah. 
The fact is, Elisha is very much in the background here and incidental to the episode. In fact, Elisha's name is not even once cited in these verses after verse 1. Although it appears in the previous chapter and the verses that follow, i.e. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8-33, to the narrative changes here, and Elijah, after verse 1, is referred to only as, quote, the man of God, end quote. The student who lost his axe head is the focus of attention. He is a person of little note. His name is omitted. Like millions of us who live and die, he was known only to God after his lifetime. Thus the purpose of this passage is to show us that what some regard as a trifling miracle occurs to a person of little account. The person comes immediately after Naaman's miraculous healing and goes before the great miracle which occurred when an attempt was made to seize Elisha. This axe-head miracle is thus intended for us. God is at work, not only in the halls of the mighty, but in the lives and needs of those of whom the world sees as of no account. For a poor student in these days, an iron axe-head was an important matter. The funds to replace it would have not been readily available. God is revealed as concerned and mindful of our humblest needs. We need not be a great prophet, a general, or a king to be the concern of our Heavenly Father. We are thus forbidden to limit the power and province of God in past history to the great figures of history, or to His important saints. For our Lord says, quote, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And when one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. But the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Matthew 10, verse 29 through 31. Our world, the Lord makes clear, does not value sparrows. It regards things like axe heads as trivialities, and in every age there have been those ready to toss into a trash heap what others would treasure. Neither then nor now is a student's minor and private disaster or grief of any concern to men and to governments. What we are told here plainly is that there is no concern too small for God. We all have lost our axe heads, which are trifles to the world, but a grief to us. We have an obligation to know nothing is too great or too small for the Lord. We need to bring our lost axe heads to the Lord in prayer. The New Testament tells us that Elijah is a precursor and type of John the Baptist. Malachi 4 verse 5, Matthew 11 verse 14. Matthew 16, verse 14, Luke 1, verse 17, chapter 9, verse 8, and 19, John 1, verse 21. Elijah is a type of Christ, and his miracles therefore take us into the realm of the supernatural in a way which points to Christ and to his work. Both men are types of judgment and grace and ministers thereof. 
The God who restores our axe heads is also the God of judgment. The two go together only because God is a God of total concern. To whom the sparrows and the hairs of our head are important is both the God of judgment and the God of mercy. Nothing escapes his notice and government.